welcome to Pocha So What. I am Lenny. Y yo soy Maggie. This is episode number one of season one. Woohoo! Awesome! Finally! I know, right? So, join us as we dive into the history of the term pocha, the multiplicity and complexity of identities, our experience and of our community that has migrated and lived undocumented in the U.S., as well as our experiences of returning back to Mexico. Okay, so let's dive into today's conversation. So let's start with the dictionary. Let's see what the dictionary has to say about us. So according to La Real Academia Española, the gatekeepers of the Spanish language, la palabra pocha significa fruta podrida o dañada, alguien que no se encuentra bien de salud, o alguien que adopta costumbres o modales de los estadounidenses. Ah, then again, this is coming from La Real Academia Española, so who really pays attention to them? Por otro lado, Wikipedia, which they also have mucho que desear, they say that the word pocha is a term used by Mexicans, frequently pejoratively, to describe Chicanos and those who have left Mexico. Stereotypically, pochas or pochos speak English and lack fluency in Spanish. Among some Mexican-Americans, the term has been embraced to express pride in having both their Mexican and American heritage. So according to Wiki, they say that the word pocho can sometimes have these different meanings. So let's just go down the list, Lenny, and you can tell me if you think they are accurate or not. Okay. So according to Wiki, a Mexican-American who can speak little or no Spanish is considered a pocho pocha. How does that sound? I would agree to that. Uh, I think language has been a key factor of like identifying ourselves within that pocho pocha, um, but I don't think it's the only thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, true. There's we can't generalize. I'm sure there's some really good Spanish speakers mm-hmm. who are Mexican American on the other side. Um, they also say that a pocho pocha is an American who speaks Spanish and acts like Mexican. Uh, no, that's <laughs> called appropriation. Yeah, I've never really heard any of my gringos or gringas uh, friends being called pochos, pochas. So, yeah, yeah, a big no to that. Um, And the third, they say that a person is a pocho, pocha, who frequently crosses the U.S.-Mexican border and feels at home on both sides. So, I think that is relatable to our community that lives in the borderlands and has had that experience of like being border crosses like on a daily basis like that that lifestyle that they've been able to live um but i think for us and for digamos ampliando más quienes son y somos pochos y pochas eh, we do wish to have that mobility and be able to go back and forth but mobility is limited Yep, yep. I think, yeah, as you said, that's very down to the transfronteriza lifestyle, which, again, this is all just in the border, but I think what we're talking about is even beyond that. In this, in the case of us, we're in Mexico City, and there's a lot of people down here as well that do not have that experience. Um, okay, so I know we have some articles that we want to share with you all, so do you want to take it on, Lenny? Yes. So we did some homework, right, Maggie? Yes, we did. So we dived into the infinite ocean of what we know as the internet, um, aka Google in particular, to try to find out a bit more of the history and 
the origin story of the term pocha and pocha. Even though we weren't able to pinpoint, I think we found a couple of jewels that we want to share with you guys. In particular, shout out to the LA Times. They have a lot of articles, well not a lot, but a couple of articles um, that they have written about us. Mm -hmm. And interesting enough as well, a lot of the information that we found um, is not that relevant. So it's been written a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. So that's something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also a disclaimer that um, I think everything we found is from the perspective of Mexican-Americans yeah. who either identify as Chicanos, Chicanas, or um, they are living in the States mm -hmm. um, and they also may identify as Pochos, Pochas, but I think there's still a long way so that Pochos and Pochas from this side of the border, Mexico, um, can also start creating more and more content out there. I agree. Okay, so let's dive in. I'm gonna do a bit of reading and then I will share with you the name of the article. So, pocha, pocho, pochax. That five-letter word with the power to sting as it leaps off the tongue or to embrace and appropriate. That five-letter word to offend, to say I'm pure Mexican and you're not. To John Hernandez 14, it's a fighting word. It means a Mexican who acts like a white guy. He said, a sellout. To slap you in the face, confront you and make you question. Quien eres, who are you? De donde eres, where are you from? Judy Figueroa recalled, I was 10 years old when I was introduced by relatives to friends in Hermosillo, Mexico as a pocha. I felt terrible, she said. I wasn't sure what it meant, but it made me feel different and not in a good way. Beatriz said, it hurts my feelings when people say, oh, you're a pocha, just because I'm not fluent in Spanish. But Lau Carrion said, while I don't go telling people, please call me a pocho, I'm comfortable with the word. Some have embraced the word, just as an earlier generation of Mexican-Americans transformed Chicano, once a jab at poor Mexican-Americans, into a term of pride. Lalo Lopez, a Los Angeles writer and co-editor of Pocho Magazine, summed up the word in an essay called Generation Mex. So what you guys just heard uh, is a bit of, of knitting of my words with the article and some quotes that were shared of experiences of, of pochos and pochas or people, how they feel with the term. And it is called Attack Mailer Spotlights, a word that can sting. And it was published in 2002 by Lois S. Uh, and within that article, they also touched the million dollar question. Ooh, do your drum roll. <sighs> La pregunta del millón. A ver, let me try to do a... <laughs> My drum roll. Where do pocho come... Where, where does the term pocho, pocha come from? I don't know. That's a good know. question. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, well, they, they presented a, a, a couple of proposals, but I love what one of uh, the quotes in the article said. It is from Edgar Delgado, and he said, It's been around as long as there's been a border separating the United States and Mexico. Huh, that's interesting. So I hadn't thought about that. Like the border itself is a key element for the word to... Like an effect... Like no. how it originated? And I can visualize it because once you had a line, once you had like that division, okay, so you had like a southern border where now like, in quotation mark, like Mexican Mexicans point at someone that can look like them but doesn't maybe particularly sound like them mm -hmm. or act or dress like them. And they're like, okay, well, you look Mexican, but you might not sound 
Exactly, como mexicano, mexicano. Like, I, I can see that, but also, like, just, I, don't know, I mean, we're going to talk about it later on more, but, like, for example, Chilango, like, yeah. there's no, like, physical border because it's within Mexico, yeah. but there's also these names or labels of, like, oh, you're a Chilanga. Like, in the, in the U.S., no, oh, you're from the South. Aquí en México as well, like, you're, it is el norte. Yeah. Like, has a whole connotation to it. Like, I think, yeah, like, I think it, it like, yeah, the border obviously has an effect, too to signal out those that are different or that should be from your side, like Mexicans. But then because we have different experiences and we grew up in a different context, we have adapted different traditions and exactly. habits and stuff. So I can see that. Yeah. And also, Carlos Velez, a professor of anthropology, said that it is a derogatory use of the word that has been around at least for eight decades. And this was published in 2002. So, so a century. At least a century. That's a while. And like mm -hmm. any derogatory term, it reduces a person to a category. As well, anthropologists and etymologists say it's even older than that. And it traces its roots to ancient Nahuatl language of the Sonoran Desert in an area that is now the Southwest United States and Northern Mexico. Oh, actually, I read something about Horacio Sobarso, who in his Vocabulario Sonorense, he actually talks about the word pochi, pochi, coming from the Yaquis, and how it meant something como hierba arrancada de sus raíces. And I think he was also, I mean, he did all this research and years of talking to locals in Sonora, but he, I think he was referring Uh, literally, like, through the Tratado de Guadalupe Hidalgo, when they literally arrancaron a las personas de sus comunidades, which now we know as, like, southwestern U.S. So I think that's interesting how Pochi, Pochi, like, it comes from over there in the border in our case. So that's interesting. And once again, it ties in with, like, the creation or, like, of that division. Of, yep, well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Tierras, no? mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, it ties in there for sure. And we have, according to the Diccionario General de Americanismo by Francisco a Santa Maria, pochismo refers to the use of blend of Spanish and English by descendants of, of Spanish populations. As we know, it's Spanglish. Yep. And I'm, I'm proud to be a fluent Spang. Spanglish speaker, for sure. It's not easy to be a fluent Spanglish speaker. Like, people that are not, they're like, their brain is like, wait, I can't keep up with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I, and, and it's really interesting as well because Spanglish is now more accepted than, like, from what I remember in my childhood. Like, growing up in the South, like, in, in my case, my family, uh, my mom tried for us to assimilate more. Uh -huh. um, so... It was more like inculcado el aprender el inglés. Uh -huh. And yes, I was the most fluent in Spanish in, in, within my siblings. But when I arrived to Mexico, me di cuenta que I didn't know Spanish. I knew Spanglish. And then paso, I was in Florida. So it was like Boricua Caribeño Spanish. Yep. Sp Spanish. Spanish. Spanglish. Yep. That's, that's what many of us go through in yeah. Mexico. Yeah. And para terminar, a Chicano studies scholar, Rodolfo Acuna, has given the word an even further spin, referring to a trend towards assimilation, okay, what we were talking yeah. about, among Mexicans in California after World War II, as pochization. 
Mm-hmm. That trend, which was marked by Mexican-American parents, once again, as well, yeah. uh, refusal to let their children speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. And it was countered during the 60s by a renaissance of Mexican consciousness among high school and college students, or as well as we know it, the Chicano movement. Yep. And we'll be able to talk with more experts on the Chicano-Chicana studies later on um, and talk to some... Chicanos, Chicanas from years back, but also some of the new generations to see what they have to teach us about this yes. movement. Since we both grew up in the Southeast, um, mm-hmm. I think we weren't so immersed in that culture. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what we learn. For sure. So we just had a quick history rundown of the word bocha. And once again, even though we weren't able to pinpoint an exact origin story, I think we can at least conclude it comes from like a separation, it comes from a division, it comes from a derogatory term till till this moment, it's how it's been presented. But as well, like what what happens or what is the possibility for the word when it's transformed into something that you appropriate? Or that you feel pride of. Mm-hmm. So in this next article, that was actually, we're going to rewind to 1999. And it is called They Were Chicanos, But Now Proudly Say They're Pochos by Peter Hong. And it is the words of Esteban Sul and Lalo Lopez, who have a magazine called Pocho. I say excited because it ends with an exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they share their proposals and thoughts of the term pocho. And of being of Pocho following the Chicano movement. Mm. So, stop what you're doing. <laughs> Limpiate los oídos, Maggie. Péguense los earphones, cause les traigo un truth bomb. So, let me get into it. For generations, it was an insult, if not a fighting word, aimed at Mexican Americans, aloof from their ancestry and awkward with Spanish. The Pocho was said to be without an identity. In limbo between being Mexican and American, it was divisive. It meant you were uncaught. Uncultured, explains self-proclaimed Pocho Esteban Sul. Now Sul says, it's time to wake up to the obvious. Pochos don't lack an identity. Pocho is an identity. A rich one which should be eagerly seized. And once again, retaking a bit of what was shared in the beginning. Pocho, once again, that five-letter word. With the power to embrace or with the the power to insult. Mm -hmm. Depending on your point of view or more precisely how you view yourself. And it has been constructed through our individual, sometimes painful experiences and interpretations of the word. I think in our case, I mean, that's definitely what happened. Like, I learned about the term in Mexico. So I was a returnee. I was already here. And somebody called me pocha, uh, obviously not in a very nice way. So that's how I was introduced to the term. So I think that... Definitely, it depends on what stage of your process you're in, but it can definitely hurt and be painful, and especially if you've never heard anybody else use the term. So yeah. I think the work that Pocho Magazine and Pocha So What and Las Pochas and others are doing is to actually bring the term, like, más al aire, yeah. and for other people who have heard it and have felt bad can 
little by little be introduced to it and actually start to see it in another light see it in another light and maybe who knows they might identify later on with it but definitely is a process for sure and I think it's, it's, como dices, it's all, hasta este momento, like when I first heard it as well, it was usually accompanied with a snarl or with the term gringa to, to offend, no? Mm-hmm. Pero pues no por nada, our podcast is called Pocha So What? <laughs> so, once again, diving in. So, Sue and Ella Lopez are the publishers of Pocho, and as they share in their page, Pocho is where cool U.S. Latinos, just like you, get your daily fix of news and satire. We find, dissect, and poke fun at current events, celebrity lifestyle, and everything in between. So head over to pocho.com to check out their their magazine. They were both uh, born in the United States, and they were inspired as boys by the 70s Chicano movement, which demanded equal rights from an often hostile mainstream. Pochismo contends that by now, Latinos in L.A. pretty much are the mainstream. If you're too dim to get that, the pochos are ready to mock. I think that is very true in the sense of, as we have read, everything has been very like California, Southwest, LA. And it is enclosed in that space because that's where that big movement surged, no? But it would be interesting of how they took, why they are now taking in the term pocho and self-identifying as pochos. So one of their readers actually shares um, Raul Villa, who is an English professor and a reader of Pocho magazine shared, it represents the next wave in Chicano identification. It represents a certain self-confidence. It says, okay, I'm not Mexican like my great grandfather might have been, but that's all right with me. Yeah, I agree. That's interesting. I agree. Um, I, I, once again, I want to, I want to talk with more Chicanos and be uh-huh. able to to hear from their own voices and experiences, but I think it's really interesting where like when I own my pochanes, it's me also saying like what does Mexican Mexican mean? No, and I'm not going to be exactly like my abuela mm-hmm. because she was even like raised in a whole other tiempo, no, and I feel okay with that. Yeah, I think I agree. I mean, I think. The term pocha really lets people know more about who I am than just saying Mexican. I yeah. mean, also because, I mean, I grew up in the States and I came back to Mexico, but even coming back to Mexico, it has been 12 years of like learning and unlearning and understanding more about the nation state and the colonialism and, and the effects that it has in many communities, yeah. um, in many many communities that have their own sort of nations. So I think that saying Mexican is very broad and it doesn't say a lot about me. Mm -hmm. Um, Then saying pocha, and and, and it already says that I am, I have multiple identities and it's a hybrid identity and I'm from here and from there. So I think it just engloba more about me. Exactamente. I, I relate to that too. So they also share in the article that the notion of pocho takes you to feel or to relate to it being more inclusive than Chicano, which is limited to Mexican-Americans. So we were talking about this, right? We were saying that many Chicanos and Chicanas identify, or some of them, as pochas, pochos. Mm -hmm. And the term, we've actually heard it in the U.S. context. Like, I don't think we've read much about, or we haven't read anything in Mexico, I know there's some people that are starting to create content, mm-hmm. but 
everything we've read is in the U.S. context by Chicanos and Chicanas. Mm -hmm. But like in our case, as people that are women that are already identifying as pochos pochas, mm -hmm. we can't identify as Chicanos Chicanas no. because I always grew up thinking or I knew that they were those that were born in the U.S. and their parents were had Mexican heritage, right? So yeah. I couldn't say ever that I'll be a Chicano Chicana. So maybe that's why it could mean that it's more inclusive, but we'll ask the experts as well. I feel it's more inclusive for me personally, uh, because when, so we guys are going to be learning a lot more about us further on, but fun fact that we both share is that we, we both discovered we were undocumented in the U.S. at a much like later age mm -hmm. in our teens. Um, and one of the things that I felt that I lost immediately was my identity. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't know if I was Mexican-American. Like, I didn't know what label or what title or how I saw myself in the world. Mm -hmm. And when I started to reflect, mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, well, my parents came here. Like, we, we arrived undocumented. Uh, but, like, my parents came here as adults mm -hmm. de, desde Mexico, no? And then, okay, my brothers were born here in, in the United States. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, like, where does that leave me then? Like, I really felt, like, in that limbo. Mm -hmm. And when I heard that term pocho or uh, as an offense, I took it as an offense at first. But then it happened in university that a, a guy kept on asking me, where are you from? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm from Mexico. I was born in Chiapas. Like, I live in Veracruz. Like, things like that, no? Mm -hmm. And he kept on asking and kept on asking. And I'm, and I'm like, I'm a pocha. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I am. Like, I am this mixture, como dices, I am this hybrid, and there's a lot more to me than meets the eye in that sense, no? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, some, and what I love also in this article is that they take it one step further, and I think that's kind of the proposal that we also want to share on the term, is that Pocho can also be someone from Guatemala or Honduras, and soon anybody can be a Pocho. It will happen, uh, Sul shares that it will happen so naturally that no one will even notice. Yeah, I think that's really cool because I think, I mean, obviously the history and everything is like Mexican and U.S., mm -hmm. but like shout out to Andrea, Andrea, who is the artist designer behind our um, images and our identity in Pocha So What. She, for example, was born in Mexico, but mm -hmm. grew up in Canada. Mm -hmm. And now she's in Germany, but yeah. when she came back to Mexico and when we met her, actually, um, she felt super identified with our community because of the Spanglish, because, of, of course, she also spoke French, so, like, she was, like, three, but um, she felt really identified with us in, in the pochaness. Yeah. So I, I really hope that soon people from whatever country they were born in, como, like, that won't even matter, como, yeah. if you feel that you belong to more than one place and you have that also in the language or the languages then you can be also a pocha pocho and it could like desprenderse de yeah. las naciones and i i think bocha is the opportunity to not be enclosed in the box mm -hmm. because once again i think other identities uh, and we're going to be talking more about identities in the following episode so check us out um It's very like, okay, this means this, and it's very particular. Once again, I'm gonna use the example of the word Chicano, no? Chicano is a person who was born in the United States of Mexican heritage. Like, that's very specific and can be very easily ubicado, no? Mm -hmm. But pocho is, is, 
It can be a Mexican-American. It can be an undocumented Mexican that was raised all their lives in the U.S. It can be un otro paisano que está viviendo en Alemania, como mm. compartices Andrea, all his or her life. I was seeing a video of this dude from Colombia that he was raised in London and sounds more like an English man than mm. anything. And mm. that is being a pocho. Our community de Centroamérica, que también hasta ya tenemos... Pa Comunidad aquí en México, que se yeah. está criando en México, ¿no? They're pochos, pochas as well. Yeah, we've, hybrid. we've even met people that, I mean, also grew up, like, in the U.S. Yeah. and speak English, Spanish, Spanglish. Yeah. And then they were they were sent back, mm -hmm. deported, or had to return to Guatemala, Honduras. Yeah. And then they come through Mexico, and they stay here, or they're just passing through. But we can definitely identify as pochos without even knowing that we're pochos or pochas. Exactly. So I think that's really that's really cool, and especially because a lot of it has to do with the language, yeah. with traditions, with just belonging in more than one place. I think that's like the criteria for me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I like that. I think the criteria is just that belonging more to more than one place. Yeah, yeah. So, the last they end with they hope that someday some kid's going to tell them that which is most full of it. When, it, when he comes, Sul says, I hope I can say, I've been waiting for you. Let's destroy it. Mm. And I think we're kind of tiptoeing on that. Yeah. Like, they have shared what pocho and being a pocho means to them. And I raised, like, if there was a pocho flag, I would be raising it right now with them. And I think we are tiptoeing in that, like, mm -hmm. taking it one step further of deconstructing and, and, and like, ¿Qué más puede ser una persona pocha o pocho, no? Yeah, yeah. Well, shout out to the Pocho magazine, and yeah. hopefully we can have a conversation someday We'd around love to have you guys on around everything that you wrote. I mean, 22 years ago, or what you shared 22 years ago, yeah. and see what has changed now. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, stay tuned for that mm -hmm. if we are able to do it. We're gonna make it possible, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the third article that I wanted to share is actually now let's move to the mexico side so el nuevo sol is um uh, an article that i found dated in 2014 so it's an article that actually published the story of a little girl nancy who actually this little girl came um it was born in the u.s and lived in the u.s And her parents uh, are from Mexico, were born in Mexico, but she tells her story of when she first came to Mexico. So Nancy shares that she came to Mexico with her dad, specifically to Merida in Yucatan, so even like way far to the south of Mexico, actually in La Frontera with Guatemala yeah. in Mexico. And she shares that um, actually the first day when she went with her grandma to the Tianguis, a friend of her grandma asked her who she was and her grandma said, oh, it's my granddaughter, La Pocha, este, que viene de Estados Unidos. Hmm. So she didn't know what that term was. So what Nancy did was went to her dad um, after that and asked him. And he basically told her, well, I mean, it's, it's a word that it means that you were, you're from the U.S., you were born in the U.S. Um, and you don't speak como that much Lewis. Spanish mm -hmm. and like como que he told her about the definition a little bit or what he knew about it and she actually felt bad like she felt bad that her grandma 
how to use this word in a sort of como way of burlándose, como pointing her out, but she felt it like not cool. Como que she was burlándose because she wasn't like Mexican, Mexican. And she even used that, Mexican, Mexican. And so after that, um, she even, and, and she also tells the story of when she went to play with her cousins, who she didn't really know. And because she didn't know some words in Spanish, se le salían en inglés. And the kids would, like, make fun of her calling her fresa. And yeah. she also that talks happened. about, I mean, she, she mentions how that made her feel bad because they thought she was more than them or just the fact that they were calling her fresa all the time. Que se equivocaba, no? Yeah. And she even talks about how when she went back to the U.S., she started to speak more Spanish at home because she didn't want that to happen in her next time vacation. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. And there's also this um, professor in, she was in La Universidad Estatal de Sam Houston de Texas. Her name's Mari uh, Petron. And she actually says that she believes que la palabra pocha tiene una connotación negativa porque se espera que nosotros seamos de aquí o de allá. So like Mexican, Mexicans, quote unquote, como lo ponen aquí, they want us to choose one. Como, yeah. you have to be proud of being Mexican, right? Y yeah. You have to show your loyalty. Um, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I think what the term pocha is also saying is que podemos pertenecer, again, a más de un lugar mm -hmm. o dos lugares. So I think that's really on point. And she also talks about how, en cierto modo, muchos no entienden las identidades híbridas. Amen. Ya que se sienten <laughs> parte de una sola nación y quieren que aquellos... Que quieren que otros sientan como lealtad o que elijan una de las dos, ¿no? Este, entonces, ella no sabe si el término pocha, pocha algún día se convertirá en un término positivo en los ojos de los mexicanos, mexicanos, pero pochos han empezado a aceptar el término. So, I think it, again, it's going in the same direction of yeah. what pochas or what, pocho magazine, las yeah. pochas and others yeah. are trying to... By the way, Las Pochas is another podcast. You guys can look them up as Las Pochas. Mm -hmm. um, and, and como dices, no? It's interesting how she how she says she's not sure if it will ever be like a positive term or lose that derogatory background que la palabra tiene para mexicanos, mexicanos. But I don't know. I'm hopeful that, that it will. I'm hopeful and too. I think it starts like with us raising our hands and embracing that term in, in our case, no? It's como... Pues a donde voy en México es como, es mi identidad. Soy una pocha. And even Petron, like the same professor, says, eh, eso es liberador porque indica que aceptamos lo que somos. Yeah. No podemos It's cambiar lo que piensan los demás, pero podemos cambiar lo que nosotros pensamos. En el caso de los pochos, significa dejar de tratar de ser mexicana y disfrutar de ese tercer espacio entre México y Estados Unidos. So, He just dropped another truth bomb there. Right? It's like, you know, like how I identified at the beginning was when you see those graphics yeah. que son como dos circles and you put them together in the middle part. What is it called again? I, I keep, I always forget that, but I always, I'm like, I'm that middle part. Yes. Like, we should do a graphic así. Ooh, you Andrea. know what would make it cooler? What? Butterfly wings. Andale butterfly uh -huh. wings and be like that thing in the middle that space in the middle that yeah. i think we're always making that space and i think it's like a 
I, I 100% agree. It felt liberating. Back in the day, I felt like I was like juggling or como trying to find my balance in that in-between line. Eh, como si fuese una persona del circo, ¿no? And when I finally like said, okay, I am pocha. Like I, like I, I, I do have all of these things in me, ¿no? It was like more like, okay, now I can run between that line. And I even remember like when we first, like what, más de hace tres años, yeah. when we first started Pocha So What, yeah. we were in that coffee place in that yes. library, remember? Yeah, that bookstore. Yeah. After eating some really good burgers. <laughs> oh, yeah. ¿Cómo se llama? Rubens. Rubens Burger. Uh-huh. Um, but we just said, I don't know how we got to that term, actually, but it was just like Pochas. But at that point, neither of us like had openly said I'm a Pocha, right? So uh-huh. it, it was an identity that I was in construction within me because como te digo from that university experience uh-huh. that was I, I, I was it just I just thought about that I was like yeah how far we've come along since yeah. that in terms of the term and we are still in constant construction but I think that if we compare it to three years ago como at least now we're really comfortable we're saying I'm oh, a yeah. pocha right oh, like yeah, yeah. y que y que so what uh-huh. so um So, yeah, so, like, something that we've been doing also in the process of working on this podcast and and on Pocha So What in general is that we want this space to not just be about Lenny and I. So we've been talking with other people in our community, friends who are also retornadas or deportees or even friends in the U.S. Mm -hmm. who are undocumented or DACA recipients or Chicanos, Chicanas, or just born in the U.S., of Mexican parents or even hopefully from other countries. Um, and we started to ask them what they thought about the term pocha because mm-hmm. definitely this is an experience Delaney and I with the term, but we know that not everybody identifies as pocha or bocho and that it's a process and maybe there's people that don't like the term and mm-hmm. that's okay. So we started to ask our friends and today we want to share with y'all what Priscilla, so shout out to Priscilla, um, a, Tijuana. a proud pocha because y'all were, y'all will hear why, but she's in TJ in Tijuana and we want to share with you guys her response to the term pocha. The word pocha has a lot of significance for me, like tiene mucho significado conmigo, um, not just being, not just because I speak Spanglish, you know, before when I first got here it was about It was about, you're a bocha. Why? Because of my accent, the way I spoke Spanish. You know, everybody could tell, by the way I spoke Spanish, everybody could tell that I spoke English, you know? And so everybody would call me bocha. And I'd be like, what the hell is that? What the fuck is a bocha? You know? <laughs> like, what is that? And I would take it offensively. I'd be like, no, I'm not bocha. Like, I'm Mexican. But I wasn't even comfortable with being called Mexican, you know? So then I became comfortable with the fact that, yeah, I am a bocha. So then I started owning up to that. And I said, you know what? I am a pocha. Why? Because I speak English, because I speak Spanish, because I have a different, a different accent, because I dress differently, because I look differently, because my face is different, because my hair is different, because I have tattoos, you know? So I'm a binational, like I'm a pocha because I'm not just from here, but I'm from over there, you know? So pocha to me is a very powerful word that took me a long time to come to terms with it. And um, yeah, I pride myself to be called a pocha now. 
Oh gosh, that was a lot to digest. It was. Yeah, we took a, a, a flashback back in history, and now what Priscilla and many other voices that are to come have to say about the term. So let's go down the checklist again. Now that we have more context and have processed a bit more of who or what is a pocho pocha. So what do you think, Maggie? Pochos, pochas are usually identified by their use of poorly spoken Spanish. Yep. I mean, let's embrace Spanglish, but we already talked about all that. Mm -hmm. And yes, that's a factor. You can grow in that. I mean, I think my Spanish is much better than 12 years ago. So like, but we're still Spanglish speakers, 100%. It's been 11 years and I still forget (laughs) words. But I also think that's just something that goes along with coming bilingual. Yeah. Yeah. So we are, in quotation, agringadas, as some call us. Yeah, I mean, I will always love hot Cheetos with recién hechas tortillitas. So shout out to Diary of a Ford Native, who introduced me to those tacos de hot Cheetos. <laughs> and I also made my own combination of mole with french fries, even though a lot of people don't agree or they haven't even tasted it. But that's just me. Yeah, 100%. I, I'm, I'm pretty famous for my potato salad. Um, I think I know how to cook more comida. Se puede decir como americana, que mexicana, but I'm working on that too because Mexican food is just so good. So good. <laughs> the term pocha challenges the notion of belonging to one nation. Mm-hmm. We are a hybrid mixture that claims belonging from more than one place. Yep, we're that third space that opens and definitely. We're oh, yeah. Pochos es ser de aquí y de allá and beyond. Yes. <laughs> I agree. Pochos is to have is to have the experience or to be a Mexican American. Yep, Mexican Americans can definitely be pochos pochas, but not limited to. Yes. Mm-hmm. Pochos are bicultural? Yes, but also multicultural. Agree. Multilingual, mm-hmm. como multi there's Multi, always multi. space for more. Yeah. So now it's your turn to share with us your reflections, your thoughts. Have you ever been called a pocha or a pocho? How did it make you feel? Has the meaning changed for you over time? Cuéntanos, cuéntanos. So share with us your experiences. Um, yeah. Hey, Maggie. What does Mexican, Chicana, Latina, Chilanga, etc., etc., mean? Oh, so much complexity, and I think we need another two hours of cafecito. Yeah. But let me ask you, um, where are you from? Are you Mexican? And you guys? What are you? Are you Mexican? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see in our next episode where we'll be dissecting the social monster of identity. So there are many labels. Many of them have been imposed. Many of them started with a history of a lot of pain and Mm -hmm. grief and obviously not just towards one person, but towards an entire community. And many of them have changed over time. So I think we have... Many of them we have decided to own once mm-hmm. we learn the history, but we're like, okay, maybe I am that, but it's up to me to really change yeah. what what it means and what it means in me and what how it makes me feel. So yeah. there's definitely so much complexity. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, join us for this spicy conversation. Why is over, it gonna be spicy? Well, it's gonna be spicy because we're gonna eat. We're gonna do it over some flaming hot Cheetos yes. from the U.S. So shout out to our friend Ty, who brought hot Cheetos from North Carolina. So yeah, please stay tuned and and hopefully y'all enjoy this conversation and look forward to hearing about you in our future episodes. So bye. Bye. So hey Maggie, ¿dónde pueden encontrarnos? So Pocha So What, you can follow us on all of our social media platforms. We have our website, pochasowhat.com. We have Pocha So What on Instagram, on Facebook. Follow the podcast on Spotify and all the other platforms that Anchor distributes. So yeah, be, be sure to follow all of our content. We have a lot going on on social media as well. And if you know any pochos or pochas, chicanas, undocumented community, documented community, aquí, allá, share the podcast. And if there's any gringos, gringas, you guys are also welcome to hear anybody around the world that wants to embark in this journey with us of discovering our pochaness together. <laughs>